This is Short-Term Rental Management, the show that is all about short-term rental property management with your host, yours truly, Luke Carl. This episode of The Short-Term Show is brought to you by The Short-Term Shop. 30-year fixed mortgages, tax benefits, and long-distance management training made easy are just a few of the perks of owning a short-term rental. The Short-Term Shop can help you buy and learn how to manage your property from anywhere in the world. Just go to theshorttermshop.com and click Get Connected. Again, that's theshorttermshop.com, and we are brokered by EXP. See y'all over there. Well, we've done it. We have, uh, we've made it. We have arrived. I'm very excited. Uh, have the best looking guy in short term rental here on the show today. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's the man needs no introduction whatsoever. And to my knowledge, I think you, you may have the longest running short term rental podcast, uh, that, that to my knowledge, it's been going on for quite some time. And the dude's a legend. He's a, He's uh, he grew up in, a, in in the industry and and uh, yeah. So without further ado, uh, want to introduce uh, one of the biggest guys in the biz, uh, Mr. Mark Simpson. It's wonderful to have you here. How you doing, buddy? I'm absolutely fantastic. Even better for being here. Thank you for the invite. I'm a big fan. So uh, yeah, excited to dig in and thank you for the kind words. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah, great to have you. And uh, yeah, I did. Let's dig into the background a little bit. Now your podcast, uh, first of all, it comes out every day, which is amazing, and I think that's a good move. Uh, but uh, you've been doing that for how long now? We've been doing podcasting since 2017. We've just coming up to episode 700, um, and so yeah, it's been a it's been a it's been a ride. But I love it. It's it's a, a fantastic thing. And now we've got a, a co-host of the podcast as well. So Liam Carolan, he's he stepped in and he's doing um, a lot of the episodes as well. So it just means we can churn out even more, which which is great. 2017 podcast. Nobody even knew what a podcast. I didn't even know what a podcast. Of course, I'm showing my age now, but uh, you're talking almost seven years. That's incredible. Uh, what 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 inspired it? Was there? Uh, I mean, what what's it? What made you say, "Hey, I need a podcast"? You know, I've been uh, involved in podcasts since 2012, 2013, but it was evolved around soccer, around my football team, which is Liverpool, and I used to do football podcasts um, to. 2013, 2014, 2015. And I've always been in and around. I love them in terms of like content. There's nothing better than putting on a podcast and having the ear pods in while you're driving or wherever. Uh, and then when I started Boostly, it was just a natural thing because I've been doing it with with the football and, and with the soccer to then have a podcast for, for Boostly. Um, and I just started doing, um, experimenting with different styles from like interviews to just me talking, keeping it under like little tactics and tips under 10 minutes. And yeah, I just always like to experiment with it. And, you know, of all the ways that people discover Boostly, at least one in four people will mention the podcast because it just gets seen everywhere. Obviously ranks really well in Google. Um, and now obviously Spotify and, and everywhere. So it's, yeah, it's something that we've just naturally done. And, you know, we, we, we sort of got to a hundred episodes really quickly and just sort of kept on going from there. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, back then it was, it seems to me, it was probably a fairly revolutionary, you're an early adopter, uh, in many, in more ways than one, which is great. Uh, so, you know, uh, let's talk about the, the, the history of, uh, you know, how short-term kind of became your thing. You, uh, you, you, you started at a very early age, if you don't mind telling, uh, telling us a bit about that. Yeah. I'm very rare. I'm born into hospitality pretty much. Uh, everybody sort of comes into it from maybe long-term renting or however they come into hospitality. But yeah, I was born into it, into a 200 acre farm stay, bed and breakfast. 
um, in in the United Kingdom. And uh, yeah, I, I was just so used to being in it day and day, having strangers in my house every day because we we lived on site. Uh, even though we had fourteen like rooms in a small hotel, and then we had the holiday cottages. I was I was like I was living it on a day to day basis. So I'm one of the rare breeds in this industry where I was born into it. I managed to escape for a little bit, but it just like drags you back. <laughs> and here I am. Escape the business altogether, or escape the 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 home you grew up in. Well, escape the business, escape the home. I, I I really wanted to be a soccer player. I, I really wanted to like make it as a soccer player, but I'm crap at playing soccer. You know, I'm I'm nowhere near as good as your wife Avery. You know, <laughs> so uh, so I, I I transitioned into coaching, right? And and I loved coaching because I was doing youth development. I loved it. And then I got the opportunity to go to America. Traveled all over America doing it. Had a fantastic time. And in 2009, um, when it never looked like a, the, the the soccer in America was never going to become a full-time thing. I saw I moved back to the UK, moved down to London for a few years, tried to see what was going down there, fell into sales and marketing. And then, you know, before I knew it, hospitality dragged me back in. My parents had the business 25 years in. They wanted one of me or my siblings to come into it. And, and me and my wife jumped at the chance and, you know, never looked back. And uh, absolutely, I've been properly into it full-time since 2011. So yeah, really, really enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm back in it. And now obviously Boostly has transitioned to Boostly. So without being back in hospitality, Boostly would never have happened. Do you still have that that original farmhouse today? We sold it 2021. Uh, finally got my parents retired. <laughs> and so yeah, we exited. And uh, yeah, so they've, they've now sold a new family's taken over it and they're doing really, really well. So it's awesome to see. Okay. Do you currently hold any uh, any any assets uh, right now that you're managing or, or how, what is the... Nah, I haven't. Boostly is taken over. <laughs> Boostly is is everything, and I will yeah. be back in it one day. But um, I'm just so I'm on this mission so much with Boostly, I can't take my eye off anything. And there's always these shiny objects that get thrown yeah. my way. Always these things, as you know, you know, always things get passed and put in front of you. And you know, it's I have to be very strong to say strong will to say no because I'm just so focused on this Boostly, uh, this Boostly goal. Um, but then one day, you know, thanks to Mike McCallowitz and clockwork and all of those things, uh, uh, hopefully one day uh, it'll be a case where I can dip my toes back in without taking my eye off the ball on Boosley too much. I get it. Okay, cool. So yeah, this uh, bed and breakfast, how many bedrooms was it? So yeah, it was 14 bedrooms. Um, and then what we did is a barn fell down in the back. And then basically when, when the barn fell down, my dad uh, had good foresight to put in planning permission to turn that into holiday accommodation when it needed to be. So there's three uh, properties on the back and then we had the 14 bedroom hotel on the front. Um, so it was it positioned like a hotel or did it look like a house with, with, with like a traditional bed and breakfast or more like an actual hotel? Well, it's, it's, it was it really didn't look like either. The barns that we basically transitioned into, into, the, into the guest house. So basically it was barns, right? So it looks, it would look like a real farm stay sort of, bed and breakfast. It's hard to explain, but it was really just two bands that we converted and we put 14 bedrooms into it. It was a real sort of DIY jobby. <laughs> and, uh, you know, everything was sort of DIY about it. Mm. Uh, but it was, uh, yeah, it doesn't really look like a normal hotel. It would really just looks like a, like a, they were very early when they transitioned their farm into a farm stay accommodation. Now, any farm that you go to in the United Kingdom, you know, maybe in, in, in you know, in, in America as well, they've got some form of hospitality aspect to it, whether it's glamping, um, accommodation, holiday cottages, whatever. But back then they were the first movers, the early adopters, and they massively benefited on the, on the back of it. Um, and you know, this is the day before 
Airbnb booking.com. This is the day before social media, internet. They, they, they got all of their customers from magazine, newspaper ads, word of mouth. Right. That was it. Well, so you came into it honestly. You you had no choice but to. I mean, in in the grand scheme of your family, probably even having a website was a, a, a big deal. Massively, yeah. Well, well, that's why I came into the business in 2011 because they had 25 years of offline word of mouth. They didn't have a website. They they didn't do anything online. So I was coming in as the new blood to get it all online, uh, and that's why we came into the business when we did. So did you ever have this property on, uh, cause, uh, 2011 Airbnb was around. It wasn't well known whatsoever. I mean, it was fairly infantile at the time, but Verbo had been around for quite some time. Did you have it listed at all ever or, uh, or was it all straight dr direct, direct booking? No, we did. So booking.com was the big one at the time. Oh, yeah. So Especially in your neck of the woods. Yeah. In our neck of the woods, it was booking.com and Expedia. So we used the Expedia group, obviously Expedia owned Verbo, which it was obviously home away at the time or whatever it was then. Right. And so basically our top three outside of direct was booking.com, Expedia and TripAdvisor. Those were the, the top three sort of booking channels that we used outside of your traditional direct bookings. But we were, we were really uh, pushed that direct booking train heavily you know, back in 2012, 13, 14, 15, 16, 2016 is when Airbnb really started to pick up in, mm -hmm. in the UK. It was around about the, you know, Obama election times. That's when it was all sort of kicking off and all that sort of stuff. And it was, uh, it got really popular. And so we obviously got listed on there, but back in the day, Airbnb made it really hard for a guest house to get listed on there. Um, and so we just put the properties on and, and, and we used it, but we were always 80% direct, 20% other pies, like OTAs, whatever you want to call it, Airbnb, Booking.com. And we, we always sort of hit that sort of level consistently every single year. Um, and still to this day, Booking.com is is probably number one where you're you're living, right? Is that uh, fair to say? Airbnb has massively overtaken them. So a bit of context, 2017, Airbnb took up 15% of the whole market. Um, and now the prediction is by 2025, Airbnb is going to take up 70%, 65 to 70% of the whole market. So Airbnb has definitely overtaken booking.com. It's overtaken Expedia. Uh, and they are probably the, the market leaders all over the world now. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, here in the States, um, booking.com, uh, you know, we love them. We, we're very happy to, you know, to support them and, and, and what have you. I'm not trying to say anything negative here, but it is difficult. We most folks find it pretty difficult to get any traction on booking.com. Um, you can get some bookings, but it, uh, tends to be a little, you know, uh, not, not as uh, good as you, you want it. A lot of cancellations and, uh, yeah, uh, booking.com like have massively uh, let themselves down in how they've transitioned to explaining it to the states. And they've tried to keep this European model, but bringing it to America. And America, they've got obviously Airbnb founded in, in, in San Francisco, and they do it totally different. And so there's been, you can see it in the Facebook groups. You can see when somebody mentions booking.com, the comments, and it's, and it's, you know, in the Facebook American groups, it's just, you know, it's chalk and cheese to what they, how they describe and talk about. Airbnb. And, and this is obviously booking.com's downfall because they haven't adapted to the market and they're trying really hard to get more, more and more presence in there. They're spending a lot of money on Super Bowl ads and, you know, ads in right. general. They've got a, they're fighting a massive uphill battle. Um, and I know a lot of people who work at booking.com through what I do. And, you know, they, they're, they're very optimistic, but you know, I encourage, <laughs> I always just say, go and look at the comments on Facebook and tell me how optimistic you are. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does get a little rough at times. I'm a big Verbo fan. I love Airbnb as well, but, uh, but you know, in your business, it seems like it was pretty uh, natural evolution probably to go into the, 
to the website, uh, you know, and so it sounds like the whole thing kind of coincided for you. The you built this come come in and, and help your family build build this website, which was a natural thing because it was a you know more of a traditional bed and breakfast vibe. It sounds like, um, and then uh, and then boom, next thing you know, Airbnb, and then and, and well, obviously Verbo or Expedia as as you would call it. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a, a bang bang thing for you. And um, now, but. You know, like let, let's say for a guy like uh, like me that I'm in a vacation market where every single house on the same street is, you know, I mean, for all purposes, pretty much, you know, the same thing. Quite frankly, um, is is the website as beneficial for a guy like me um, that uh, doesn't have a unique property? I I argue, yeah, and I this is a good question that so many people get. And when I sort of moved from being our family business, where we were, et cetera. Like you say, very true. We needed a website, et cetera. And then I started to help other hosts. One of the main things that I wanted to make sure that the things that I was doing for my family business worked for others. And so when I started working with hosts through maybe in, um, in the UK or maybe France, Germany, Australia, America, I wanted to make sure that everything that I was teaching worked for them. And it doesn't matter what market they were in, whether they, they, they focused on tiny houses, glamping, caravans, RVs, hotels, big hotels, small uh-huh. hotels, you know, Smoky Mountains, wherever. And it all comes back to that you can have a street or a, an area of anywhere in the world and every single property looks the same, same decor, same bedding, same style, et cetera. But the thing that separates you from everybody else is your personality, your mm-hmm. brand, how you go about communicating, et cetera. Nobody can duplicate that. It doesn't matter what they do. And the best way to do that is to build your brand. And you can start at property one, or you can do it at property 10, 20, 30. I've, I've worked with hosts that are doing it in, in every different st- stage of their, stage of their journey. And so, yeah, I, I argue a hundred percent. It's, it's important, not just a website, but to be, building your own brand, marketing your own business, not calling yourself, you know, an Airbnb business, you know, really promoting your own, making, making your own business stand out, making yourself Googleable, searchable, Instagramable. Um, and, and you can do that at, at property number one, or you can do it at property number a hundred. It really doesn't matter anywhere in between. Uh, yeah. I mean, I totally agree, you know, and, 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 you know, even in these vacation markets in America, you know, where I'm operating, you know, people say all the time, saturated, uh, this, that, the other, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, you know, if you're worried about this, 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 this saturation, we hear it all the time. If you're worried about saturation, you're not trying hard enough because first of all, in my markets, it's like, you know, I don't have a hard number statistic. It doesn't exist to my knowledge, but it's, I would guess somewhere around 80 plus percent third-party property managers. And so they're pretty much like right out of the gate. I don't really care about them. They're they're a waste of my time. They're never going to try as hard or care as much as I do. And it's not a slide against them. They just, you know, they have a different thing. It's they're they're managing for somebody who probably doesn't really care about the numbers that much and is just looking for something that they can use when they're not there. They may, may not even care if it loses a little bit of money. You know, these are just regular old people that have probably never read Rich Dad. They just go to the beach all the time, wanted a beach house put it with a property manager. I don't want to deal with it. That's literally, you know, in all of my markets, 80% plus, I would say probably more than 80%. I'm making that number up. I'm sure yeah. somebody out there has an exact, you know, there's these number guys that drive you nuts. Uh, yeah. But uh, I, if I had to guess, and I think when I started, I, I think when I first started uh, in, in, in 15, um, always short terms, 
I think that it was really more like 90%. It was very, very few of us, even in the Smokies, even in, in the Panhandle, in these big, big vacation, you know, like nothing but vacation rentals in these markets. I mean, there was like five other guys that I could find that were doing this, you know? And, yeah. uh, and, and so, um, I, from what I, I guess my point is here is that the website is just yet another way for you to stand out and, and be more professional. And, and if you're worried about the other guys or the saturation that we hear all the time, then maybe you should uh, try a little harder for one thing, <laughs> try a little harder. And, uh, and a website would be a great way to do that. I'll be honest. I do not have currently a website. I've been trying to get with you to get one going. I just, uh, honestly, just a matter of, uh, lack of time, quite frankly, We'll get there one day. Yeah, we we'll will. We will. I'm hoping to get there. Uh, I just, uh, uh, you know, and I think it's an excellent idea. I really do. Um, and so, you know, end user, just give me your your spiel here on on uh, like, uh, w w how do I get these people to? That's my biggest concern. Is you got a ten billion dollar company and a ten billion dollar company, and you got mylittlelukescabins.com. Like, how in the world can I possibly compete with these? You know, I think it's I think it's actually nine and eleven billion dollar companies, and then forget whatever the hell Booking dot com is. I'm sure they're way yeah. up there too. You know what I mean? How do I compete? But for me, it's not competing. It's you're not going to go cold turkey on these sites. You're not going to go. Thank you Airbnb. Thank you Booking dot com. Thank you Verbo. Thank you for like marketing my business to all these people. I'm not. Yeah, we're not listen. breaking up. It's not. Yeah, a we're not, we're not breaking up. Basically, you gotta you, you gotta use them. So basically, you gotta make them work for you and not the other way way round and. You're right. There's, there is no such thing as saturation. It's just a lazy business owner. That's all it is. And we are very lucky in this industry because when you start a business in hospitality, you can take a couple of pictures of your property, throw it up on a couple of sites, depending on your market, depending on the time of the year, pretty much be guaranteed to get bookings coming in. There's no other industry that I know where that's the case. You know, you can't, I, we, we do website design. When I started Boostly, there was no website that I could take a couple of pictures of what I'm doing, throw it up on a site and be guaranteed to get revenue. I had to go and drag people, new business every day, new business every day, try and drag people, like build my brand, build my social awareness so that people would then go, oh, okay, I want to use Boostly for my direct booking website and for my direct bookings, et cetera. So whenever saturation comes in, it's basically me going to some host and saying, yeah, welcome to the real world. This is what it is to be a business owner. You have to actually do new business, build your brand, talk about it, you know, show how, what you do, showcase everything that your USP is and talk to your avatar. Because at the end of the day, we've only got a limited amount of inventory. There's only a certain amount of heads on beds that we can fit in. And if you've only got one property, and let's just say your average uh, stay is seven nights, that's 50 bookings that you have to get in a year, give or take two weeks at the end for maintenance, et cetera. That's 50 bookings out of the millions of people that are searching. You've got to just fill 50, 50 reservations and that's nothing. And so, yeah, this is why I keep coming back to it. There is no saturation. It just basically means that you've not taken your time out to figure out who your ideal guest avatar is, your ideal guest, the person to walk through the door. And then you've got to go through the, the steps of identifying them, finding out where they are and how do you attract them. And it's about being clever with your listing, about being clever with your marketing and obviously having a website that you can drive people to and then start building your list. And it's everything that I have been talking about for the last seven years at Boostly and another three years when I had the family business. And then I just put it all together, put it in, in two books, the Book Direct Playbook and the Book Direct Blueprint. And I just put you know 10 years worth of teaching into there. And that's like now whenever anybody comes to me and say, right, I'm getting started. Where's the best place to get started? I go, go get the blueprint. It teaches you the systems and the structures, everything that you need. Go get the playbook. There's 101 marketing tips in there. 
pick one of them and just go for it and just do that every single day. 30 minutes of new business and you'll never be complaining about saturation again. I love it. I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm talking to myself over here because I get this constantly. It's always on Facebook groups, saturation, saturation, oversaturation. First of all, I don't even think that's a real word. Uh, but uh, <laughs> and to me, you know, I sometimes I, I feel like I'm being pushy or something, of course, because we do well in the short term shop. And at the end of the day, we sell houses that oh, I don't want that to be a secret. Short term shop sells houses. It's what we do. We're good at it. We're the best in the business. I don't sell houses, but the company does. Um, and, and, and it's so refreshing to hear that from another expert in the field, because to me, it's always the, when I first started, you know, nobody else was doing this. And I still felt like, uh, I had to try harder and, and, you know, and, and go out there and, and just crush it. And I think that's just, you know, it's been in, in, ingrained in me since I was a kid, you know? Um, and, and, and I just, I get, I feel let down when I hear these comments on the internet and things and people texting me or whatever it may be. Um, and, and I can't get any bookings. I'm not getting any bookings. And I'm just like, dude, you are not trying hard enough. Uh, do you agree with that? hundred percent. And all I say to them is I say, okay, well, you know, show me your listing. Tell me who your avatar is. And when somebody shows me their, their listing, whether it's on Verbo, Airbnb, wherever, and then they tell me who their guest avatar is, I can easily see where the breakdown is. And I, and that's why I put the book out and I send them a link to the book. I say, it's 99 cents. Go grab the Kindle version, read the first main proper chapter. It's about guest avatar and then come back to me. And, you know, uh, when people do that, they, they come back to me with, with a different answer and they can easily identify themselves. And, you know, it's, it's, it's easy for me to say sometimes because I always say, you know, you don't know what you don't know. But that's why I put the books together and that's why I do everything that I do. We've got, you know, 700 episodes of free content. Uh, we've got 1,500 videos on the YouTube channel. It's just like, right, go there and then just go and figure it out because it is there. And, you know, Airbnb are very clever with everything that they've done since 2016. The way that they build trust with the hosts, the way that they have marketed and branded everything that they do. They make it sound so simple to get started on there. And, you know, because of the lack in 2016 of legislation, regulations, it was super simple to, to get started. And you can be ready in minutes and you could potentially have bookings coming in. But, you know, it's it's not as easy as what it was. And that means that now every single host on these Facebook groups and on wherever complaining about X, Y, and Z, it's like, now you've got to put your your big boy pants or your big girl pants on and you've got to start becoming a, a business owner. And you can no longer go around with the luxury of calling yourself an Airbnb business. You've got to start branding yourself and talking about yourself and, and like getting the word out what makes you different to most and starting to build an email list and creating a database. And that's what every single other person who has got a business has to do. And, you know, now hospitality is being dragged back into that world for all. And it doesn't matter whether you've come in, fallen into this because you've seen, you've been doing the long-term rent and then you've seen the shiny object that is short-term rent since 2020. And you've gone, wow, I want to get a piece of that pie. Now it's like, even if you're doing this semi-passively or, or however, you've got to make sure that you are building your own brand, your own business with a website and doing all of the things that everybody else has to do. Explain to me this, um, avatar thing a little deeper. Um, like what are you saying that I should be marketing to a particular type of person or what, what are you saying? Yeah, that's exactly it. So when, when we say avatar, that's just fancy marketing spiel for you, like your ideal guest. So, um, and identify who is the, the ideal type of person that you want to walk through the, for the door. And this is a mistake that so many people make is that number one, they, they create this ideal guest in their head and they go, right, that's the person that I want to speak to. The, 
the biggest mistake that I see from an overarching from the world of hospitality is that I go, well, who's your ideal guest? And they go, anybody of us going to give me money. It's mostly the Brits that say that. If they, they have a little chuckle, they get a bit sarcastic. And I say, well, no, because when you appeal to everybody, you appeal to nobody. Like I say, you only have to get a certain amount of heads on beds here. And so the next, when people start going down this route, you've got to identify. So identify is like a big part of it. So not only identify you know, who you want to be walking through the door, whether it's families, solo people, you know, digital nomads, the boomer generation, whoever it may be, you've got to go, well, who is coming to my area? Like, who is the type of guest? Who is the type of person that is coming to my area? Am I a, a fly to destination? Am I a drive to destination? Do people come to me because it's in the, in, you know, out of the city? Am I in the city? Am I by the beach? So what are the type of people that are coming? And then you go, well, who is my property, you know, um, ideal for? So do I have loads of rooms? So it's like ideal for families. Uh, do I have like a small apartment, but it's really close to the, uh, the, the big sports center. So is it ideal for those uh, soccer fans or sports fans that are coming in? You know, you've got to look at who's coming to the area and who's my property ideal for. And then you basically go down that, you go down that rabbit hole. And, and this is the scary part for businesses because business owners is going to go, you know, how every every little step that I go down this funnel, I'm eliminating why. But that's fine because you don't want to appeal to everybody. You just want to appeal to the few. Um, there's a quote that I heard. I can't remember who said it, but I it always sticks with me. And it's you want to bury yourself so far in a niche that there's no room for anybody else. And so, like now, I see hosts on um, on social media promoting themselves online. Their properties speaks directly to the Gen Z generation who are environmental conscious. And that is, you could argue, burying themselves really far down in a niche, but it's perfect because there's no room for anybody else. So when somebody goes, "Oh, do you recommend a place that I could stay that is, you know, ideal for X, Y, and Z?" The first person they think about is you and nobody else. So you become the go-to when you start mm. doing that and you start promoting that and. When you do have your avatar in mind and when you have it nailed down, then everything becomes easy. So the copy on your website, your Airbnb listing, how you post on social media, how you talk about yourself when you meet a stranger at the airport or in a coffee shop, you can just easily identify who you are, what you do, who you serve, and you and you and literally your life is so much easier. You just blew my mind a little bit. In other words, uh, to be the king of, of short-term rental is a whole lot more difficult than being the king of white sheets versus not white sheets of short-term rental. Is that what you're saying? Basically, yeah. Yeah. Basically. Uh, and, and we all know the king of short-term rental is a woman, and I happen to be married to her. Um, and, and yes, she is an excellent soccer player. If you like what you're hearing, if you're picking up what I'm putting down, you can join me on a live weekly call to talk about your next short-term rental or ask questions about the one you already have. I am live once per week on Zoom. I would love to have you come and say hello. It's strquestions.com. That's strquestions.com. Come and join us. I'm surprised you knew that, as a matter of fact, because she doesn't ever talk about the soccer thing, but Avery is a very accomplished uh, soccer resume. Um, did she bring that up or how did you know that? Oh, I got a little sneak peek of Hospitable Hosts too. The book oh, that's yeah, both okay. cool authors of. I, pro I proofreaded Avery's chapter. So that's a, a little how I got a sneak behind the scenes there. But yeah, no, we're uh, uh, 
we and we have may have chatted about soccer in the past. Uh, you know, she was talking about what type of soccer player she was, which I which I found was hilarious. A little defender, like a ravaged defender. Yes, <laughs> yeah, she was a goalkeeper. She got recruited full ride to fifty four different universities in the, in the states. She was like the top dog. Period. Yeah. Um, and played for two seasons and won a Big Twelve championship, and then uh, and got in, tore a rotator cuff yeah. as a goalkeeper. That's not a good thing, obviously. So. Um, but, uh, yeah, she coaches my daughter now and, uh, my daughter, she's four and she says, I can't wait until I can get a real coach one day. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, uh, you're not going to find somebody that's more qualified, you know? Uh, yeah. but, uh, but that's, that's funny. That's good. So, um, the avatar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, talk to me about, uh, the current state of the, uh, everybody wants to know about this, uh, bank, uh, folding situation here. Um, and, and Airbnb had money in that bank. Uh, what, what, it, and again, you know, it seems like it's an every day it's changed already. It's only been a few days, like a week or something since this happened, but, um, it's touch and go. It's uh, one day the stock market's up and down, up and down. And it's been like that for a year now, but what are your thoughts there on this whole bank? And is it going to affect us at all as hosts? Well, um, so we're recording this obviously like three days since it all sort of went um, down and, and, you know, obviously there was loads of rumors because as soon as SVB is, and all the rumors started going out and everybody got access to their client list. And obviously if you look on it, there's a lot of tech in there. Stripe was part of it and um, Airbnb was part of it. And the rumors are going uh, from what I could see over the weekend, Brian Chesky did tweet, responded to a tweet saying that they haven't had any big exposure to there. Uh, you don't know if that's just saying that obviously to keep the stock price up or what. I mean, we are very much in the, in the, in the mix of it. Um, another reason, you know, to make sure that your whole portfolio isn't reliant on one channel. There's been so many, I call it the Thanos moment. So everybody who's watched any Marvel or Avengers movie, you'll know that Thanos moment where he collects all the infinity rings, he snaps his fingers and half the world's pop, uh, the universe's population disappears. And I talk about this, like when I talk about Airbnb is that there are too much of this industry, their whole portfolio and their whole bookings is reliant on Airbnb. And I call it the Thanos moment because we've had numerous of these over the last three years. Number one, during COVID, when at the very start of it, and Airbnb sent a notification out to every single booking, every single guest without giving any host, any prior indication that this was going to happen. And they said, hey, you know, you can cancel your booking. It doesn't matter what the policy is of the host, you can cancel it right now free of charge. And I know so many people who lost, you know, five figures in, in revenue that day and they couldn't recover. And then more recently, last year, when they changed the categories and they changed the interface and they changed the bookings process on their website, you know, and they they got rid of titles and categories and all of this. And before you knew it, you know, one host that was number one, ranked number one, very highly day one by the next day, they're down on property page free and nobody goes to page free. So again, snap, if you can't get seen, you can't get booked. And so this is all about diversifying your portfolio. It's like, diversif like diversifying where your money is stored. Like Boostly this weekend, we, you know, we, we've we've made sure that we've got lots of different banks, and maybe it's like the you know the um, the angst of me like growing up with no money and making sure that we keep <laughs> keep money. We made sure that our portfolio and the money that we have is spread amongst four or five different banks, even though it doesn't look like we're going to get hit. I just wanted to make sure that we didn't have everything in one pot. And it's the same thing with, 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 with hosts and business owners is making sure that you've got it evenly spread out. Don't have, when it comes to marketing, don't have everything relying on that Airbnb thing, just in case if they do, just for whatever reason, it turns out that they are more 
um, invested into into a bank that is not paying out deposits than what they're making out to be. And then if what happens next day, if they freeze all your funds, et cetera. And, you know, this is obviously speculation. You know, you've got to wait for everything to, to pour out, but start to make sure that you build your house on your own land. You don't want to have it one day where you can't withdraw any funds or money from, from, from one place. You want to make sure that it's spread out and, and diverse. And that is literally what this whole episode is about is don't, you know, build your house, don't build your business, don't build your livelihood on, on one thing, make sure it's spread out evenly. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it seems to, I mean, hopefully this bank thing is going to be fine. Um, you know, there was two more that came right after it. And again, that had nothing to do with, uh, with short term or anything, but, uh, you know, I mean, and I'm not qualified to speak on this current state of the economy or anything like that. It's just not something that, uh, you know, yeah, I'm not that uh, up on it. I just don't, I don't even really feel comfortable with talking about it, to be honest, because I'm going to say something that, that, you know, it's just not my thing. Baseball. Yeah, we can talk baseball, but uh, college football. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, um, but, uh, uh, it, you know, God forbid anything terrible happens. It does look like this thing's kind of blowing over a little bit and, uh, and, uh, and hopefully it'll be just fine. But, but yeah, not having your, all your eggs in one basket, I think is a fantastic idea what do you make of these uh speaking of along the same lines when a noob you know when if somebody i see this all the time when noobs come in and they get like completely obsessed basically with airbnb and to the point where um and forget having their own website like they won't even focus on on verbo which is a massive massive company uh 10 11 billion dollar company um and, and i see that more often than not where they just get laser focused on just the one platform I guess I'm not asking you if that's a mistake. I think we can all agree there, but why does that happen? Is that an Airbnb? I mean, it's brilliant on their part. Uh, how does that, how do they get sucked in as, as noobs that uh, I'm just Airbnb only and Verbo's just old people or whatever, you know? 100%. You know, you've, you've hit the nail on the head. It's Airbnb absolutely like getting their branding, getting their story, getting their mission statement down to a T. To where, and, and again, every single Airbnb host, every person that's listed on Airbnb walks around calling them an Airbnb business. You know, no one walks yeah. around, I'm staying in a Verbo. Nobody says I'm staying in a booking.com. People say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm staying in Airbnb. They have verbiaged this industry, just like Uber have, have verbiaged taxis and just like Kleenex have verbiaged tissues. It's like, it's the same thing with what they've done with, with this industry. And they set out to do this. You know, there's a, a very famous TED talk with Joe Gebbia, who was one of the co-founders of Airbnb. And he said, he explained how Airbnb was built for trust. And that trust factor is key because it works on both angles. It's got to be a trust from the guest that you're walking into somebody's house where they're, you know, they're not going to end up being kidnapped. <laughs> and there's a, it's a trust from the host that a stranger is going to walk into their place and they're not going to trust the point, you know, rob it, et cetera. So they, they, they built everything around trust and they've, they have really done what booking holidays group, which is booking.com and what the Expedia group have failed at and that they've built a community, they've built this whole brand around it to where they have now overtaken in terms of the market share booking.com and, and, uh, and, and Verbo to the point now where newbies, noobs, whatever you want to call them, they just go, I'm just going to list on Airbnb. That's it. I'm going to do that. And you know, this is my, my mission is to, is to, is to sort of re-educate 1 million hosts. Like my, my goal, my mission is to, is to help 1 million hosts cut down on their over-reliance on Airbnb. That's what I've been saying since, you know, 2017. And I do that by re-educating, by showing, listen, even if you're a new person or you've been doing this for years, like the first thing that you need to do, yes, hundred percent get listed on Airbnb, 
but also get listed on Verbo and connect it all with a property management software tool. And I just show how easy it is because everybody gets overwhelmed at this part. They go, wow, that seems like a lot of work. And I just go, well, it's not. You do this and you do that and you do that. And that's why I wrote the blueprint. It's why I wrote the playbook to sort of literally go, grab this, read this, do this. And you can then start to protect yourself and build yourself from day one. Because the problem I see, you see a host, a noob come into it. They'll get one property, they'll list on Airbnb. And then, you know, six months down the line, 12 months down the line, they're complaining that they're not getting bookings. They jump into a Facebook group and someone goes, hey, have you listed on Verbo? And they go, no, let me go and do that. And so they'll list on Verbo. And what they'll do is they'll connect the Verbo calendar to Airbnb because they, they, they want to make sure they don't get a double booking, right? And then they go, right, well, that's set up. And then they'll maybe go and add property number two and they'll do the same. And then before you know it, they're starting to create this spider's web where everything is always coming back to Airbnb. And we've already explained why you shouldn't do that. Where instead, if it from literally from day one, they went from the property management software, they, they created that first for free, you know, very low cost, and then connect that to Airbnb and then connect that to Verbo, then everything is being built on their land from day one. And they are much more set up to have a solid foundation of a business than the earlier example. Yeah. And furthermore, 90% of all vacations are booked 30 days in advance or less. So if you've been on Airbnb and you're having success and then you, and, you, and then you connect Verbo to it later, you're pretty much screwed. I mean, your calendar is already probably 30 days full, which means you've got very little chance of if any, to get any traction on Verbo. It's like, the, you know, the Verbo is just going to mosey on down the road and find the next house. That's not already booked. You're already booked, you know, and it's kind of brilliant on Airbnb's behalf that I don't know if they planned that out on purpose or, or not, but it uh, seems to work that way. Um, and, uh, you know, I, again, I'm a huge Airbnb fan. They've completely changed my life. I, uh, and you're right about that trust thing. Um, because I, I, I come from long-term. I had one long-term before I got into short-term and now I have way more long-terms and I love them very much. We do want to encourage long-term uh, here with our, in our, within our culture. Um, we, I just, I'm a big fan, uh, but the, in long-term, well, okay. I mean, you got a whole laundry list, right? There's a whole laundry list of things that suck compared to short-term. And, you know, so you got evictions, you got leases, you got background checks, credit checks. Uh, that's definitely way more in my, in my experience, uh, way more wear and tear on the property, uh, in long terms than short terms. Uh, you also don't have eyes on the property that somebody that works for you going to look at it on a weekly, you know, every two, three days even. Um, and, and in short term, we don't have any of that negative stuff, but what we do have is the freaking review, right? So we're trading a whole handful of crap for one giant piece of crap, which is the reviews that we have to yeah. deal with for the rest of our lives. But my point is, uh, if I even had a point, uh, was, is that with long-term you have a document that is, you know, for, uh, most people's, uh, purposes, it's something that will uh, stand in a court of law. And it is a very common document that, uh, hopefully your attorneys are working together on this thing and you have everything in place and we call it a lease. So I, it's it's interesting you mentioned this trust thing uh, from the TED talk, but uh, because I've not heard that, but it does make a lot of sense. Okay, we're gonna what basically what we're doing here is we're going to eliminate the lease in rental real estate. So what mm -hmm. do we need uh, to make sure that the, that everybody feels comfortable? We need trust, and yeah. uh, it's it's cool. I never really thought of it that way because it is a little nerve wracking. For me, as a long-term rental guy, I really do consider myself a little more, you know, more long-term, and I, I have more experience in long-term. 
uh, as much experience as I, as I have in short term. But um, uh, it is a little nerve wracking to, to know that there's people sleeping in my house on a regular basis that I have no, basically no contract with whatsoever. Um, yeah. Other than the fact yeah. that I suppose you can have comfort in, in the fact that since there is no contract, then you can have them removed from the property if need be. I suppose you could just tell the you know, trespassing. I don't know. Legal territory now. It's none of my business. I don't know anything about this stuff. But uh, and if I did, I'm not. I'm not really willing to give my opinion on the internet on on legal. <laughs> you know, I got I got long hair and tattoos. I don't need to be given legal advice. But uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, the trust thing, man. You know, um, it's a uh, it's it's a big deal. It really is. Uh, so you know, uh, my deal now with the off platform thing, which again I've never done. Um, and, and you, you're the first person that ever even got me to, close to even want to, to caring. Um, uh, I, my issue right now is with my management software and that's kind of where I was dead in the water with you. And again, I, I didn't follow up, so it's my fault, but, um, are there certain softwares that are easier to, to manage a, uh, you know, a self, uh, 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 your own website and off platform situation? Uh, which ones do you prefer? I suppose let's start there. Yeah. Um, so the main thing when you're talking about off platform is every host wants to make sure that that booking is as secure as one that comes through Airbnb. And not only does your host, but the guest wants to make sure it is as well. If you talk to a guest and just say, Hey, have you ever booked direct? And you know, some of them will look at you shocked, like, no, you know, I, I book for Airbnb because I know I'm protected. So what we need to do is we need to re-educate the guest as much as it is me re-educating the host It's up for the host to re-educate the guest. And, you know, we are very lucky that there are some fantastic third party solutions. So you can create your own trust. So it's not just coming from the Airbnb trust. It's like your own trust. So there's a, a solution called IPRAC, I-PRAC, and it is the leading um, certification, um, global certification service that is out there. And when you are IPRAC certified, then for the guest, you can send that to the guest to say, hey, just to let you know, we're IPRAC certified. And that means that if a guest books with you direct, and if they appear at your property and your property just isn't there, they will get you a replacement place to stay and they will cover the cost for it. That's what it means to be IPRAC secured. So that's how you're building the trust with the guests. So you know that they're not going to get scammed by doing something direct. And again, we keep bringing this back to Airbnb, but they are so good with their marketing, their branding. They make it sound to the guest that, hey, if you book outside of our platform, then you are going to turn up to a property that's burnt down. That's literally the the, the picture that they paint, you know, to to the to the booking public, which is genius. But it's up to us to sort of re-educate them. And then what you do for you, and how can you protect you? Then there's amazing solutions. Um, there's there's Superhog, and there's many other these guest screening programs now. Guesty are bringing them bringing this into house and everything like that. But there's so many solutions that, that are out there and, and guests cover you from both parts. And I know that Leo from Superhog is in an interview with Avery on, on the podcast recently talking about this. So I won't go into too much detail about that, but that's Superhog. And you just got to make sure that you bring these solutions in and it, it does all come back to your property management software, your PMS. And there are unfortunately over a thousand different solutions. Don't ask me why but there's a lot and there's, there's too much choice for property management software. Some may argue it's saturated, <laughs> but it's up to them to sort themselves out and consolidate them. But I, I, I sort of work on the basis that there are 20 to 30 top, top, top ones, and they will do pretty much everything that you need to do. It's literally up to you, the host to decide which one you're going to go with. Um, there's a blog on our website where we, we sort of interviewed a hundred hosts to get 
their opinions and we put it all together. It's a real nice blog. It's probably my most visited one. Uh, just go boostly.co.uk forward slash PMS and you can go check that out. And when you're deciding on who you're going to work with, and there's loads to choose from, like hospitable, guesty for hosts, guesty for pros, host away, um, you know, um, host fully, uplisting, you know, Logify, Beds24, you name it. And they just keep on going. Owner res, they just keep on going and going. What you need to do is you need to book a demo with whoever you're thinking of going with, whether it's one that's been recommended to you or X, Y, and Z. Book a demo, see which one works, see which one's fits, because at the end of the day, you're going to be working with that platform on a daily basis. You want to make sure that, you know, if you really want one that has um, got a good mobile app, because you're always on the go, you're on your phone more than you are your computer, then choose one that has got a mobile app, you know, otherwise it's going to annoy you to the point where you don't stay with them. If you want one that, you know, say you're focused more on the management model and because you do the management model and you've got, you know, 40 different um, or 10 to 40 different um, landlords, homeowners that you've got to send reports to, then go with one that is more designated for that and set up for that to send decent reports, et cetera. But pick one, go with one, get set up, get started, and you can always pivot and change as as you go. And the, the, the main thing is that I always look for, and this is why we pick the top 20 to 30 that, that we want to partner with and we want to make sure that we're working with, is that you know they do have the option where <clears throat> you can build that trust in, where it will sync in and link into tools like Superhog. So it makes your job or automatize so that you can focus on the things that you want to be doing in your business and not always having to be working in it, you know? And, uh, and that's why on the blog post, we sort of picked out the top 20 to 30 and now we're making sure that we're working with all of them in our loosely websites and, and what we do. So I'm, I'm currently with hospitable, um, which is no, no, no plug or of any kind. I just, that's, I've been, I've used a dozen, you know, a dozen of them, um, yeah. over the years. And, uh, I started with Air GMS back in the day. I think it was pretty much the first one that had that would work that, anyway. That would work fit well with Verbo, and I do like Verbo a lot. Um, but yeah. uh, I'm I'm currently with Hospitable, just mostly because it's the, to me it's the easiest one. I mean, I see a lot of folks that are they're trying to make it as difficult as possible. It seems, and I just don't understand that. To me, I just want it to be simple, easy. Move on to the next freaking property. That's just how I roll. Um, so, yeah. you know, there's several of them that would work for me. I, I used, uh, I used your reporter for many years. And then of course it became guesty for host or guesty bottom. And, um, and I, I used guesty for host for probably a year. Um, and then eventually I switched to, uh, hospitable, which is where I am now. And, and to, to my knowledge, again, just for an example, I'm not trying to say, Hey, how do I hook this to my hospitable? But you know, what, what is the issue with that? Cause there is an issue, right? Like they are, their payment processing doesn't work or something like that. So, I mean, the thing about hospitable for those who have been in this industry for a while, everyone will know, but it was called smart B and B back in the day before they changed their name. And it was created to be a guest messaging platform because the Airbnb smart messaging at the time was non-existent. And, you know, hosts were spending so many hours having to reply to uh, reservation requests and also after a booking has been made. So it was created to be that. And then slowly over the years, it has pivoted through the community that is built. And this is like props to Hospitable. They have built a fantastic community of hosts that love and talk about the platform. And obviously they, they have built that. And the community has sort of forced them to become a channel manager because everybody was talking about it like it was a channel manager. And, you know, um, Hospitable have had to fly a plane and building it at the same time. 
And, you know, they've got a fantastic team. I've got to know them really well. And they were never built, and they admit this, they were never built to be a property management software. They were never built to be a channel manager, but they are creating it. And, you know, the hospitable that everybody knew from 2022 will look a lot different in 2023 because they have now put in a lot of time and resources into making sure that this um, API integration is is amazing. And, you know, they've they've got a lot of things going on behind the scenes and Boostly's, um, you know, very aware of it and we're very excited of it. I can't talk about it for the NDAs <laughs> that we've signed, but it means that it's going to make every single host on that property's life a lot more easier in terms of bookings, communication, payments, et cetera. Um, so they will be more aligned to say the other more well-known property management software providers and, you know, Hospitable's uh, niche and their avatar really directly correlates with who our avatar is. Like I love helping hosts who are property one all the way up to sort of property 20. That's where we really do get involved in helping you get well on your journey. And whether you want to just sit between property one to five or whatever, like one to 20 is our wheelhouse and that's the exact same as hospitable. So we, we like to align ourselves and work really closely with them as we do our other 17 to 20 partners who sit in that sort of wheelhouse as well, because, you know, we, we, we're all doing the same thing which is ensuring that every single host can increase their direct bookings. And a big, massive part of that is the website. Because when you've got a good website, a website that is built to turn a looker into a booker, and that booking process is a key part of it. And anybody who's read the book, Direct Playbook, you will know what I'm talking about because the last chapter of the book is all about the five stages of the guest booking process. And when you've got a website that is a major part in that, you'll just increase your direct bookings. You'll get more people booking with you directly on your website than you would do sending somebody to Airbnb or wherever. Uh, and that's why we want to work with someone like Hospitable to make sure that every single integration, every single um, sort of, and, and the best way to describe it is like a like an electricity box in your house. You've got to make sure that when somebody's wiring up your house, it's got to connect from A to B. And at the moment with Hospitable, we've got so many red lights, so we can't get them working. And we're trying our best to get these green lights on, which because they're not, you know, a property management software, uh, it's it's a lot harder and longer process to, to, to get done. But we are working on that. So yeah, it's exciting, really exciting with with hospitable and and uh, and what we're able to do. Yeah, it seems like across the board. I mean, in general, it's very safe to say here that technology in in every space is, but especially in this space, has come so far in such a short period of time. Uh, I mean, you mentioned earlier the connecting Airbnb and Verbo uh, calendars. You couldn't do that when I first started and, nope. and, uh, and, and all these other uh, things that, uh, you know, in the, in the, in automated messages on Airbnb that didn't, now they have their own version of it, but that certainly didn't exist. That, that's actually far, fairly new. That was only maybe a year ago when they brought that out. Yeah. Um, so lots of uh, technology advancements uh, in this industry in general. And again, if you're worried about not having enough bookings, if you're worried about, saturation it's because you're not paying attention you're not trying hard enough and again i think the folks that are listening to this show um or any any shows in general your show any podcast on this subject they're they're in that top five percent and and again yeah. you're the top five percent of the top 15 to 20 percent i mean we are like the cream of the crop so you know if if you hear these rumors on the internet these folks that aren't getting any bookings mark is solidifying this statement now it's it's that these folks, these folks are just not trying hard enough, um, and and it is nice to hear that the technology is finally getting there. So that this very soon, as a guy like me with with a hospitable or any of these softwares and uh, the, the the they the ones listen, it's again, it's the same thing. There, there are so many of these management softwares now 
only the strong are going to survive. You know, yeah. uh, and and if you if if these management softwares are sitting around saying that this space is saturated, we can't get any any hosts to use our software. It's because they're sucking at it. Yeah. Um, and it's the same yeah. thing that same thing goes for hosts. So don't put all your eggs in one basket. Um, get yourself a, a your own website. If for no other reason than just to look professional, you know, yeah. you know, I I compare it to guidebooks. I'm a big guidebook guy. Used to be in the past, I thought they were a complete waste of time. Eventually, what happened was this, in my opinion, the technology got to the point where they were great and they're useful. And and I'm a big fan of uh, of, of Touch Day and 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 Hostfully's got a great uh, a guidebook as well. And you know, I don't have to have a guidebook. I can get bookings without a guidebook, but I don't want to be that that guy that's sitting around saying, I can't get any bookings. I'm and making excuses. It's saturated out there. So I have a guidebook because I want to be the best. And I think that having a website, is probably part of that too. You should have your own website and Mark's got the best websites in, in the business. Um, mm -hmm. So, so call his company and have him make you a website and, and plug the book again. The one that Avery's going to be in, what is the, what is the name of that? And when does it come out? The hospitable host too. By the time this goes live, this will be out. Um, which is exciting. So I was part of Hospitable Host One, which was a which was a really cool book to be part of. It actually inspired the book Direct Blueprint because the the whole part of a, being a co-authored book is that it's not just one person's stories; it's a collection of stories. And, and I've always said that there's a story behind every booking. So every booking that you come in, there's a story behind it. And Jody Sterling, who's the like the brains behind everything. She took that premise and she said, well, there's a story behind every host and people love reading stories, you know? And, uh, the, the whole premise of it is 30 to 40 hosts come in and share their story. And it's all put together in one book. And it's a book that you can leave in your property. It's a book that you can spread around family and friends. It's a book that will just be on Amazon. And it's an, an amazing experience to be part of. And hospitable host number two, which Avery is part of, as well as other amazing people from from our industry, is is a part of. And it's uh yeah, it's going to be available on um, all formats, Kindle, uh, print, and and Audible. And yeah, you can go check it out. Um, hospitable host book, uh, and it's yeah, it's going to be available for for all to be able to purchase. By the time this goes out, it will be it'll be there, and hopefully it'll be a bestseller. It'll be nice and proud and sat there top of the Amazon charts, and uh, for all to be able to to go and check out. I love it. Anything else to plug? Uh, anything else you're excited about? Uh, and, and of course, your website once again. Yeah, well, just come to booster.co.uk. Come and say hi on Instagram. I love, it's the only social channel that I truly spend time on is, is Instagram. I do love it. So come over and say hi. It's at Boostly UK. So B-O-O-S-T-L-Y-U-K. Uh, that's if you can understand this British accent. But yeah, come and say hi. Come and say you, you, you listen to us on, on the show. And yeah, I'd love to chat. And if you've got any direct booking questions, send them away. I, I'm more than happy to help. All right. Well, the smoothest, best dressed, sexiest guy in short-term rental, uh, my, my, uh, my, my partner in crime today. It was an honor. It was a privilege. You are a legend. Uh, and, uh, you do, you're like butter, man. I mean, I just want to, you know, it's like you, you're like, uh, you, if you were selling cars, I'd buy six of them, you know, uh, you're good at it, dude. I love it. You know? So, uh, it's, it's an honor. Uh, you're one of the coolest guys in the, in the business for sure. So, uh, I can't thank you enough. And on behalf of Mark Simpson uh, for the uh, short-term rental management show, I just want to say don't overthink it.